guys, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. I am speaking with Tom and Daniel of Riot Music. You guys are here for your headline tonight at Church Night Club. Correct. Uh, What a wild fucking club that is. Have you guys ever been there before? I think we played there before. Yeah. Yeah. We've played there for uh, a few times. A few times. I think we played church once. It's very Um, cool. um, It's fucking sick. It's really sick. We love it. Um, yeah. Also, Denver, you know, base capital. Like, you can't go wrong. And uh, we're actually even more excited to be here because I, I think it's been a few years since we yeah. played Denver. Wow. Okay. Like, we, we last time we played Denver was before the pandemic. Okay. So, it's and been so a minute. It's been a hot I feel minute. like it took a while for everyone to come back in full force, but... Now they're back, and I've recently moved here from Florida, relocated. I played with you all yes, in Florida before at, the Ritz. at Ritz, at Ritz, yeah. yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, but coming here, the the scene and the audience and the crowd is just insane. Yes, insane. Yeah. And also, I, congrats to you on the move. Thank you, yeah. thank you. Yes, I'm quite much happier here. Yes, it's quite a big <laughs> change. I love it. I got my winter snow tires. We're good to go. Yeah. <laughs> I woke up this morning and I'm like, well, if this was any other place, I don't think the planes would land, but I think they're going to be okay here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's and, and it's a short plane ride from LA, which yeah, is where you guys half. live. Yeah, it's a couple hours. hours. So easy. So easy. easy. And and that was very exciting too, moving out here because it becomes a very easy trek to Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, LA, yes. Las Vegas. It's like yeah. a hub and just like for electronic music in general, I think like Florida is its own country, but it really pops off <laughs> yeah. over mm-hmm. in this region yeah. specifically. And I mean, you guys, not only have you been around forever and just like insane amounts of releases with Monster Cat and Dim Mock and Insomniac Records and collaborations and remixes and all of that. It's been crazy to watch you guys grow. And, you know, we were just talking about Laura Sippy and it's like, you guys also came from another part of the world to come to LA to pursue music and, and do this full time. Yes, And it's very interesting to me to always talk about um, individuals and artists that come from other places in the world. And you guys are originally from Israel, right? Yes. Okay. So I want to know about how you guys got together. What is EDM music over there compared to here? How did you get here? Like, tell me about the origin of Riot Dummies for 101. The show today was brought to you by Vitaplur E-Boost Gum. With no pill to take or powders to mix, Vitaplur E-Boost Gum is a first-of-its-kind energy rave supplement that provides magnesium, electrolytes, and antioxidants while you chew. Vitaplur is the perfect complement to my active lifestyle, whether it's at the festival, on the road touring, or hitting the gym. Chew Vitaplur and dance with confidence. Use code LizzieJane for 10% off any order. You want to take that one? Let's take it. Um, so I think, first of all, me and Danielle, we've met around 2011. Okay. Uh, that's when, like, we pretty much really clicked and we decided we want to open a project together. Um, and we first launched Riot back in 2012. I think it was January 1st, 2012. So we just celebrated Decade. Uh, 10 years mm-hmm. Riot. Yeah. Uh, so that's awesome. That's exciting. Um, and yeah, the, the scene in Israel, I don't know, some people are aware, some people are not, but like pretty much the size of Israel is New Jersey and that's it. That's all of Israel. Okay, okay. Um, so naturally, the scene is, yes. you know, not not as big um, 
And also I feel like Israel specifically uh, is way more influenced um, um, from the Europe stream of EDM, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of house. Uh, so a lot of house, like Tomorrowland, like that's what we grew up on, right? Yes. In Israel as a scene. Um, so definitely like house, I would say that house and techno in general, like it's, is way bigger uh, mm-hmm. in Israel than bass music. But at the same time, like there is a very, very strong core of like bass fans over there. Yeah. Also, so. there was there was a, a time at 2010, 9, 10, where a lot of artists from Europe came to play in Israel, in Tel Aviv. And that's when I kind of uh, got into the scene. Discovered dubstep. Okay, like what type of artists? My first show was Flux Brazil. Okay, so like Circus Records guys. That was like just the beginning of, I remember hearing, I believe it was Flux playing Scary Monsters. Oh, okay. For the first time, that was 2010, I think. think. Yeah, but so back then there was something, like there were clubs, but not really for uh, local artists anywhere Mm -hmm. in the world. Yeah, it's more bringing people from Europe, some from the U.S. artists and stuff. So, yeah, so ah. that's like so we started to get rolling, starting to play shows in Israel. Uh, we also had our own like riot festival in mm. Israel that we did like every three months or so. Okay, um, which uh, this is the place where we wanted to give stage to people that actually are producers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because. Yeah, and Israel is like yeah. more. It's more, more like, like DJs. I I mean, yeah. I would I would argue that some markets here are very much so like that as well. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely, you guys have been in the game for a lot longer than I have. However, mm-hmm. I remember early on, you know, when I just feel like bass music started to really ramp up, like seven six years ago. Mm-hmm. A lot of it's the age old DJ versus producer right. argument where yeah. you know they're both separate crafts that do intertwine in the Venn diagram, but, you know, to each their own in this specific lane, it is always important in my own opinion. Like at Ritz, when I was doing the the talent buying for the locals who would open in the side room Mm -hmm. before people like you guys would play, it was like, get producers in here. Like Mm -hmm. we want to showcase the producers in the community Mm -hmm. that are actively releasing, actively putting in the time, actively honing their craft, because that's the only way that you're going to, move up and on from that standpoint. Exactly, exactly. So the, the idea was pretty much like providing the stage uh, also for ourselves, mm-hmm. but also for like up and coming artists uh, in Israel. Um, and then then it got pretty much to the point that we felt like we hit the ceiling in Israel, yeah. that we pretty much played every festival that we can play. We played every city that we can play. Mm-hmm. Um, we gather like a pretty decent fan base um at that point we also like we started releasing music we did some um remix contests which is also a great way by the way to put your name out there mm-hmm. yeah um and then we we decided that we we want to make that move yeah that was uh, uh, right after we won the infected mushroom yes contest. yes remix it was on contest, dmac yeah. it was uh it was infected yeah. mushroom and dmac Okay. international remix contest okay that, uh, that kind of kicked it off yeah so we won so. that and then we got in touch so infected mushrooms for for, for those who don't know are absolute legends oh, they're also in this, israeli also israeli they they're they've been in the game forever now um 
So they also really helped us to, okay. to acquire our artist visa, mm -hmm. which is a whole pain of a process by itself. Yeah. Yes. Um, and yeah, it took us like pretty much a year, a year and a half of back and forth and requests for evidence and sponsors and money. like a lot of money. Yeah. So because you have to be like, isn't the term like an alien of extraordinary talent exactly. to, to prove yeah. that there is not someone here on this soil that can do what you two are doing exactly. and how you're leaving an impact and doing this. And it's, yeah. and then you still have to give away so much of your booking fee and so much of X, Y, and Z mm -hmm. to keep that visa yeah. annually, annually, annually. Yeah, exactly. Crazy, yeah. crazy. I mean, I remember coming back from COVID when like festivals were starting to pop up and a lot of that circus records gang, like Dr. P, Funk Case, mm -hmm. Flux Pavilion, they were like just waiting like an hour's difference to get that visa to be able to come over here. Yeah, It's such yeah. an effort. And I think so many fans don't understand the yeah. time and dedication and like the work that you have to get up to the point where like here, you can build yourself in a local scene. You still have to be unique. You still have to do X, Y, and Z. But for you all to come from another part of the world and actively just step into this market, you already have to have such a high demand and such a high, like, like branding, music, listenability, project establishment, yeah. so on and so forth. Not, not even just that. Also, I think most people don't know, um, even after you pass that point and you acquire the artist visa and like, okay, it's happening. Mm -hmm. When you come here, you're, you're technically not allowed to work in anything else yeah. other than your musical project. So, so for up-and-comer yeah. producers, it's even 10 times harder. You better have some money saved up. We, yeah. we had a decent amount of money saved up, and in 10 months, it was all yeah. gone. We you don't very, have. We weren't very smart, also. Yeah, we weren't very smart. <laughs> yeah, first apartment yeah. is like Hollywood Boulevard. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, like let's but, go Melrose. Yeah. 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 So, but the thing is that also, like, think about it. Like, you don't have credit. You know, you don't have credit scores, so you need to pay like double deposits everywhere. Mm -hmm. We had to pay a thousand dollars to AT and T just to give us a line yeah. at the beginning. Oh, um, so, um, and then, you know you come here to make your dreams come true and you come here to build something. But the thing is that we pretty much, we came here with nothing. We didn't have management. We didn't have agency. Like we literally yeah. came here with absolute nothing. Um, and it was very much like a struggle, yeah. uh, especially also the fact that you can't work. You know, some artists, up and coming artists, like some have some family support, which is great. I still work. But, like, you yeah, know, like everyone exactly, I know. Exactly. Until, I mean, even once they're on, large agencies, even once they're yeah. touring three, four yeah. days a week, especially now. I mean, you're, you're just fighting to break even. If yeah. you don't have another source of income, like Patreon has helped a lot. But again, it's like, if I didn't have those extra few hundred dollars coming in from mm -hmm. a part-time job, oh my God, no bills would be paid. Like yeah. this wouldn't be paid. Like it would be a nightmare. So I can't, I can't imagine. Yeah. Extra tough. Extra tough. Was it like you were, would, when you came over here, was it, you know, did you have to teach lessons? Were you guys like uh, doing kind of like side jobs for like money? Like, like what, like, how did you guys sustain yourself once you got to that point where you were like, okay. I can answer that question, but depends if the immigration services are going to see oh, that or yeah. not. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> we, won't, we, won't, we won't talk about that. We won't talk about that. Let's say yeah. you just Now we have a green through. card though. Yeah, okay. Actually, we just got a green yeah. card. Okay, so tell me the difference. Uh, so this is the thing. When it comes to artist visa, um, so you have two options, either a P1, which you can apply as a group, okay. right? 
Um, so that's what we did because we because it's if safer because if one doesn't get the O one, which is the other, yeah, O one unit risk of one getting it, one not not getting, getting it. it. Like exactly. The P one you apply as a group. So yeah. If you get it, you both get it. But the thing is, a P one is only for one year. Yeah. And an O one can go up to three years. Okay. P one you can apply together. O one you need to apply separately. We didn't want to take the chance that mm -hmm. one of us is not going to be able to get in. So we applied for a P1. The thing is that every year you need to renew it. Yeah. And then Supply even events, when you got, even when you get approved, um, you know, they send you this letter. But then when you like when you step outside of like United States, you need to go to the console and then do an interview and then leave your passports. So they put so like the new visa or Israel and just time it with like yeah the visa it was super every wow. year yeah wow. but then at some point like after i think after five years of renewals that we've done here so we moved here originally in june 2016 okay um so after five years we got to the point it was like we out here we're making money we have a business mm -hmm. we're paying taxes mm -hmm. like i deserve a green card oh 100 yeah, i do oh my god um which we didn't know how much pain in the ass process this is going to be because that was even <laughs> 10 times harder than the artist visa. Yeah. Because now you get it's so it's an artist green card as well. So everything that we had to prove as an artist visa, we had to prove 10 times more for mm -hmm. the green card. Um, and also we didn't like through the pandemic, it was five times, it cost five times more each than what we used to pay. Yeah. Um, and then um, it took forever because of like, you know, like it was, everything was delayed. Um, so it, it, it took pretty much forever. I, I got to the point that I couldn't leave the state for two years to go visit my family mm -hmm. because my artist visa is expired. I don't have a Korean card. So I'm in a process So legally I can stay, I can stay here in the United States, but as soon as I step out, I can't come back. So That's it was like a couple of years. Yeah. So it's been a couple of years that like we couldn't leave. And the you just States, got it sorted. And, and we just got it sorted. Oh and basically God. the difference between the two when when you get the green card is mm -hmm. pretty much a citizen other than you can't vote. Okay. That's pretty much right. Yes. Yes. So you can much. work at in any every Also that's for ten years. And ten years. Oh wow. So a green card is for ten years, and then technically after five years, you are allowed to apply for citizenship. Yeah. So Which you guys are in the clear kind of now. Yes. Now. Congratulations. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. That's such, such a, such an effort. And oh my gosh. Yeah. And so now you can come and go. Do you receive like a social security number? Like how does well, you, that work? We received yeah. a social security back when we got the artist visa, but okay. it's like, it's some sort, it's a limited social security because okay. we're technically only allowed to work under the right umbrella mm -hmm. and nothing else. Um, so, so that was that. And that the same social security stated that every time we renewed, now that we got the green card, everything is pretty much the same. So we were able to build our credit. And so we were very smart from early on, Amazing. which is also something that I highly recommend to do because yeah. in Israel, like the system in Israel, the economy in Israel, it works completely different. Yeah. Okay. Like I, I, for example, I'm a person, I, I don't like to owe anyone anything. No. Like take my money, mm -hmm. like one payment, take my money, like debit. Um, but here, in order to like hire your credit score, you need to owe money. It's a push to and pull game. Yeah. Yep. 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 It's so, the subscription. It's the monthly payment. Are you making exactly. it on time? 
30% threshold, all Credit of that cards. stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's a very tricky game. And I think most citizens of the United States still don't have it yeah. figured yeah. out. It, it took us a minute to wrap our head. Yeah. Here. It took us a few months, yeah. but then after we're like, after we, we, we understand how the game works, like we're starting to like put effort into that. So now that we have the green card and everything, so everything is coming with us. So absolutely. So like, like if let's say Pixar or a video game company were to knock on your doors now, could you have a job with them? Say, yeah. Hey, yes. could we hire you guys as producers yes. to do this game? Yes. Do this. Okay. Not that's, even, wow. That's, that's exciting. Awesome. Yeah. That's exciting. That's exciting. So do you we know anyone in Pixar? Uh, <laughs> I, I actually went to school for Foley sound. So, oh, nice. so I, that was like my world before kind of hopping into this okay. world. That's so cool. lots of like, small independent films I've done like Foley Sound for and I've done a few internships yeah, with bigger cool. studios and stuff. But that's that's very exciting. God, mm -hmm. what a journey to get there. Yeah. yeah. And before you all left Israel, came here, were your families like, what the hell are you doing? Were like where was like the dynamic between like, okay, we're gonna support you, like this is crazy, but go for it. By the time we kind of decided we we're gonna make the move. Mm -hmm. Both our families knew we had something in our hands. Okay. Because of the success in Israel and the success of the mu music online, it was starting to work. And I think they saw that. Obviously, they were also very worried and you know cautious about us doing such a big, making such a big move. But they were supportive. Supportive. Yeah, we were very, very, very fortunate yeah. to have like such a supportive family. It's amazing. Yeah. 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 That's yeah, that's that's pretty incredible. And 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 when you all was an infected mushroom in their team that was like LA is the place to be, or did you just know that from working with labels and other colleagues? And I like think I think we're pretty much like knew that when it comes to like bass music mm -hmm. back in 2016, mm -hmm. and also the amount of like the international artists that already supported us. Um, everything pointed to LA. Yes. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to the agencies, when it comes to the record labels, like everything, just like pointed to LA. So mm -hmm. that's that's why we decided to move there. And uh, we're still there until yeah. this day. I yeah. mean, I feel like LA is you either love it or you fucking hate it. And it's yeah. like nowhere in between. And I mean, don't get me wrong. We we were both like we grew up in Israel in the suburbs, like okay. in a in a village. Like you so can you can culture. see cows like walking <laughs> down the go. street, yeah. right? Yeah. And then we and, and the first time we left like our like hometown was all the way to like Hollywood Walk of Fame. Yeah. So it was like very, very much shocking for wow. us. Um, now- We don't care for it that much to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, we, we did move to the valley. in the valley and so much- We like it way yeah. That's where to be. If I were to ever move out there, it would be like Burbank, Toluca Lake, North, yeah. North, yeah. North kind yes. of thing. Exactly. Um, and, but there's just such an, eclectic group of individuals there icon is there you have a bunch of other production schools that have popped up mm -hmm. you know since your move there and, yeah and it's still i believe will always be the main hub but mm -hmm. it is very cool to watch places like denver and brooklyn and miami and yeah. tampa and all of these places kind of really yeah. build up their own Austin. communities yeah. and actually have like large national touring acts move there exactly austin's a huge place too mm -hmm. and i think a lot of that happened during the pandemic when a lot of people yes. were just like hey yeah. we want to be somewhere else we're going to go try somewhere else and and it just started building from there yeah and, and it's it's really wild to see how 
the internet and TikTok and content and everything has changed the way our industry ebbs and flows. Um, You know, when you all started producing Moved, it was, I feel like at that time, did you feel like it was majority just about the music? Or was it when you got to LA, you're like, we have a lot of other percentiles of the pizza to fill as far as building our team and building our photos and our brand and X, Y, and Z. Yeah, I think uh, branding and the, the, the PR side and social media was always important, but it's nowadays it's a way bigger piece of the pie mm-hmm. than it was back then. You yeah. Know? Um, Just is. Also, yeah. I remember yeah. when we first moved, it was, it was very much, it's pretty much like what, we had like 30% of the pizza that yeah. we wanted. Yeah. So we had no management, no agency. Um, we wanted to like network. So like we tried to yeah. go out as much as we possibly mm-hmm. can. I remember we stand in line uh, first time for Space Yacht. Yeah. And we stand in line for like three hours. And we didn't even go in. Like we didn't. Right. So and then a year or a couple of years later, we had our first headline show in L.A. with Space Yacht. Yeah. And I remember one of our probably the key moments for me at least was in a in space yacht where we recognized uh johnny joyride yeah okay. and we kind of approached him and yeah. said who we are and he knew riot he like immediately he started naming our music album. yeah and we were like, like what like, that, that yeah. didn't make sense to us at all but but then we we became good friends with him and you know that's that's what LA is good for. Mm-hmm. I yeah. guess one of the things is everybody goes out into the same places, and everybody wants to get to know everybody to better themselves, and you know, so it helped us a lot. The network, yeah, yeah, sure. and and the collaboration is so much of it, and I and I feel like if the music's there and the hard work's there and the crafts hone that yeah. like little percent of networking, that little percent of location, like yeah. it does vastly help. Mm-hmm. You can and tell yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. And, and it's just like, it's, it's very crazy to look at content in the world it is in today, but I do really believe that the staple to longevity is still in the music. Like you have to have a solid project if you're going to stand the test of ever changing algorithms and TikTok may not be here in five years and this and this and this and this. And it's crazy to see, you know, some people really, pop off from TikTok, the mashups and this and that. And mm-hmm. and some people who are now on these large agencies like have honed that content creation. But I do think for it to be long-term, you still have to have that foreground of bricks with your music to, to keep the train moving. Yeah. And with your all's dynamic, like I know you guys said you kind of got to a point where you decided you wanted to start a project together before you moved to LA. Were you guys both producers in your own right? Were one of you better at one thing and one of you better at the other? Like, how mm-hmm. does your dynamic work as a duo? Because there's so many, you know, national duos like Adventure Club and Barely Alive and X, Y, and Z that, you yeah. know, one writes, one tours. They both write, you know, they both tour. Yeah. How, how does it work with you guys? With us, it's, so my background specifically, so I started as a DJ. Okay. Uh, and it started my bar mitzvah, actually. So what I did is like, we had like this meeting with the DJ before the event to like, you know, coordinate all the musical aspect. And he had his computer and was like starting to play and like doing mashups live and like, and I had my mind blown. Yeah. So 
instead of being a good Jew and take all the checks from my bar mitzvah and put it in the bank mm-hmm. and let it like, you know, grow and then take <laughs> it out in like 18 years from then, I decided to take all the checks and make my first investment. So I bought myself like secondhand DJ equipment. Okay. Sweet. And then I started my first business when I was 13. That's um, it. Uh, so yeah, I was like doing private events and I was doing all those like birthday parties yeah. and this and that. That's how it started for me. Um, wedding DJs make a lot more than we do. Oh, hundred percent. hundred percent. I know that. Yeah. I got an offer. I got a big offer yeah. before I moved, before I moved here and, and I decided that that's what we want to do. Like in Riot is like full yeah. force on Riot. Um, so yeah, we're definitely aware of that. So that's how it started for me. And then I was like doing, I was pro- a promoter just in order to get like the last 15 minutes of the, of the night to play some tracks and stuff. Um, and then uh, I joined the army and then one, like we both served the army. Wow. So it's mandatory okay. in Israel. So when you turn 18, you join the army. Three years. Three, three years. years. Okay. Yeah. Um, and which was, uh, which was very hard. Guys have a lot of life experience uh, yeah, under your belt. Yeah, not very hard. So, specific, like, yeah. yeah, I think it's, it's an amazing experience. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, and also now that we have a choice, but at the same time, for example, on my end, a lot of DJs uh, didn't really um, serve the fields, yeah. so they had a getaway. So they would like go to an office, have like a day job, and continue like being a DJ uh-huh. uh, during the week and the weekends. Um, I decided to not go that route. Uh, and I wanted to serve the fields. Mm-hmm. And I said, like I told myself, if music will be strong enough, and if you will still like feel so strongly about it, like you'll come back. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I did at the end of the three years. And at that point, I went to BPM College. Okay. And um, I went, I did like, I learned Ableton. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty much the point where like I felt that I want to take like all the DJ uh, experience that I have and take it to the next level and actually produce. Mm-hmm. And this is when my best friend Jordan uh, told me about his cousin that is making crazy beats. Yeah. Uh, so that's how we met up. But tell yeah. a little bit about what, like, where are you coming from? So yeah, for me, it was uh, rock and metal from a young age. Metalhead. Yeah, <laughs> wasn't a band so, for very many years. Yeah, I love it. So I picked up the drums when I was about, I guess, 11 years old. Played throughout high school, a bunch of bands. That's how I first downloaded the pirated version of Cubase. Oh, man. To record my band yep. in, the, in my parents' basement. And I remember working on the songs we recorded. Like, in between songs, I would just try to make beats and see how it feels. And I kind of uh, fell in love with just being the man behind the song and not just the drummer, mm-hmm. like writing the whole thing. And then I went, I found out about dubstep. We went to shows in Tel Aviv and that was it. Like the minute I heard, like, heard that, it. yeah, that's what I want to do and what I, what I want to make. And uh, then after the army, 21 years old, we, we started working together. Yeah. And so the clash of the two worlds, I guess that, the more DJ side from Tom, because I I never played a mm-hmm. DJ show in my life. Maybe yeah. once, I think. Mm. Um, and for my end, it was more the metal, the, the music theory, stuff like that. Yeah, like music yeah, in yeah, your yeah. bones forever. Like, yeah. 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 
I always tell somebody, if you know how to count to four, you could DJ. <laughs> and, and, and it's, it's, that's, that's, oh my gosh, I can't imagine that. Growing up serving, this mm-hmm. is what we want to do, coming back to music. Yeah. And now when you guys work, do you guys still work? Do you work in Ableton? Yes, I assume. Or are you we guys worked NFL, or? for very long. Okay. Switched to Ableton about a year and a half. Oh yeah. wow! Recently. I've been telling him. I've been telling. I've been telling him for a decade now. Oh, like Ableton you need to move to Ableton. Move. You need to move to Ableton. Yeah, yeah. It's like Cubase, 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 Cubase. You're all right. You're all right. I've tried everyone. <laughs> I've tried Cubase. I've tried Reason. I've tried Logic because I really liked Reason because mm-hmm. same with you. I come from an instrument background. Yeah. It was very easy for me to visually understand and look at patch base and say, okay, this is going here, this is going here. And everybody was like, why aren't you on Ableton? Why aren't you yeah. on Ableton? I did the demo. I was like, all right, I'm sold. I get it's it. such I a game it. changer. I was so worried because I had like nine years under my belt with Cubase. Yeah. And I was yeah. worried, like starting over with a new DAW would what, take me six months. Yeah. It took me a week. Yeah. And you forget, never looked back. To forget about Cubase <laughs> and produce the first Riot song on Ableton in a week. That's I was like, wow, so how did crazy. I do that so fast? Just a very good intuitive yeah. software. Oh, it's like, such a good workstation. Yeah. It's so like, it's very, I have like, I think I self-diagnosed myself with uh, ADHD the other day <laughs> because I drank like five coffees and I just fell asleep on my studio desk. Oh, I tweeted okay. about it and everyone was like, you guys have ADHD? I was like, probably. Yeah. I have, I'm like wanting to do a thousand things at the same time. Yeah. Like laundry, sound design, cleaning like something and doing whatever. And I can always get an idea down very quickly yeah. in Ableton, even if it's just something simple. Mm-hmm. Even with that stupid little phone app that they just released, yeah, where you can that. do the little MIDI and then yeah. connect yeah. it to your Ableton account. I think that's so cool too. Um, but it's 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 wild. I think every DAW is, is the same with like a little bit of difference. Right. And right. and so now you're in Ableton, yeah. Ableton gang, hundred mm-hmm. percent. Um, do you guys you know, are, do you guys live together? Do you guys work on projects separately, send them back and forth? How does it work? So the way that it started, back when we were in Israel, so Daniel had a studio in his house. Okay. So he had like a whole unit. Awesome. Um, it didn't start as a unit. It was like a fucking yeah. bedroom. It was a bedroom. <laughs> like slash studio. So proper bedroom. He had a bookshelf like studio. Yeah. Um, that's how it started. Um, and then... Um, then, he, then we actually did our first, like, decent studio. Mm-hmm. Like, we paid for someone to treat the room. Yeah. And we yeah. did this whole thing. Uh, we were definitely, like, um, Daniel uh, was and will always be the lead force when it comes to the production. Okay. A hundred percent. And then that was back in Israel. And then when we when we moved here, we started, as, like, living together in two-bedroom apartments. Yeah, and we went back in terms of, like, the studio quality. Which yes. Is also a hard thing because the mm-hmm. studio in Israel was, we spent some money on it and it sounded great. It was, and it you get really used great. to like a very yeah. well treated, yeah. well groomed. Then we went straight back to a bedroom. Studio. Yeah. Okay. So he, so every place that we were, he always had the master bedroom. Yeah. Like the big Just bedroom. So the studio yeah. will be, will be yeah. in his room. Yeah. Um, so I think the first year, like, uh, like I said, we live in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, and it didn't take, more than a year and uh lease to end to decide that we don't want to extend it yeah, yeah um then we actually we moved to koreatown which okay. was really really nice downtown, honestly right? it's just yeah, between, between hollywood and downtown okay yeah. um 
So, and then we, we got like a bigger place for a more affordable price. We had like a nice penthouse. That was the first time that we had an actual, like an actual room dedicated for the for studio. Um, and yeah, I feel like yeah, we did some DIY acoustics that still are in yeah. the studio today. So, yeah. so explain the DIY acoustics. Like we went so to yeah, Home, Home Depot, Depot, we bought woods and we bought insulation and like nailed them together. Um, rock wool insulation, yeah. uh, fabric, a special uh, kind of fabric, wrap it over. Hope Nowadays is way more accessible. Yeah. Like, yes. the, like was, you can check, like you can find people on, you like can find people making stuff like yeah. that, but uh, still make it on your own. It's I I wouldn't recommend it to be honest. <laughs> now <laughs> looking yeah. back, now yeah, yeah. no, it took it. A, it took us fucking forever yeah. and all those like wood chips yeah, and inside uh, your hands and stuff yeah, like yeah. yeah. But it, it was it was a uh, it was a fun it, it was, was a fun, fun experience. It's nice to sit in the studio knowing you had something physically done yourself. Yeah, to kind of build it. It's yeah, it's, it's yeah. I guess. And There's I think that. I think after a couple of years um, in Koreatown, we moved to the valley for the first time. Okay. So yeah. then, like, we actually we moved from an apartment to a house, which is a completely different game. Yes. Yeah. Um. So we were able to like secure a really nice house. It to, was like, like feel like home. Yes. Yeah. So like, uh, it was, and and also we had like a like a decent studio. Daniel still lives there now. Okay. Uh, but uh, I think pretty much a year and a half ago, my little brother actually moved to LA to live with me. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. Which was amazing. Because like we're both very close to our families and having family with you is it's something yes. that is very rare. So I moved out. I moved to Sherman Oaks. Like we're still 15 minutes away. Okay. Um, uh, but yeah. Yeah. So the studio is still at Daniel's place. Daniel, Daniel is pretty much like in the studio from the second he wakes up to the second he goes to sleep. Amazing. That's why I'm <laughs> moving to a house was a big thing. Having the mm -hmm. backyard, the sun. Mm -hmm. uh, that made a Gives big difference. Gives you a break. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, and I just, speaking from my personal journey, like financial stress and also feeling like you don't have like anywhere to escape to, to yeah. have like peace with yeah. yourself. Mm-hmm can like be detrimental when it comes to the writing process and yeah. the creative process. That was super tough for me. I remember in the apartments we lived in. You got sick. Yeah. You I got physically, physically sick from like overworking myself. And also I remember like having my headphones on and working and still hearing the street, like the ambulance ambulances yep. and everything. The helicopters. Like it drove me nuts. Yeah. yeah. We were so used to living in suburbs and all our lives. Having like solitude. Yeah. 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 City life wasn't really for him. No. <laughs> yeah. Huge no. culture shock. Yeah. It's nice to be like, like I live in like a little bit of a, I live like five minutes away from, I would say like in the city city. Okay. And it's just nice to be close to it, but not yeah. in it. Close enough. That yes. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. yes. Exactly. And I feel like living in the hills or in the valley or like north of LA is the way yeah. to yeah. go. Yeah. Um, that's, I mean, that's, it's quite a journey. I, whenever I speak to artists like on the podcast, it's always interesting to hear where they've came from, where they are yeah. now. And, you know, you guys have had just some massive records over the course of like the riot project. Um, tell me about how you guys started to work with labels such as monster cat or insomniacs, or I know you guys are really close with monster cat. So I would love to hear, you know, 
do you guys have a deal with them? Were you exclusively signed to them at one point? Like, how did that all yeah. work with you all? Um, to be honest, when it comes to the to the business side of the project, I think both me and Danielle agreed that at no point we will be exclusive with anyone. Yeah. It comes to our agency. It comes to our management. It comes to the record labels we work with. So every, every group of people that we work with, we worked on the understanding that they appreciate and believe in our products mm-hmm. and we deliver, you know, the yeah. goods yeah. for them. Yes. Yeah. Um, so never we, never we had like an exclusive deal with yeah. anyone. Masagat was definitely a label we always wanted to work with. Yeah. Um, I remember our first original track that we did uh, back in 2012, I think called Smoking Aces. Don't check it on YouTube. Um, <laughs> I, I, I remember Penguin Nerds commented on YouTube yeah. on the Apple that we did. Mm-hmm. And we're like, holy shit, this is huge. Because um, yeah. we're big, we're big fans of Penguin Nerds. Yeah, back in the day. I mean, they're OGs too. Yeah, yeah 100%. Um, and then we moved to LA, we started to get some traction. Um, and I think, I think they asked us to do a remix for them. Yeah. For the band. So yeah. Which was that monster. Mm-hmm. That was so your introduction. That, that, that was our ticket in pretty Got much. It. Um, and after that came our first original disorder. Yeah, they were, after the remix did well, they were interested in like a single. Yeah. Yeah. That started. So that's uh, the whole yeah. route. But with that being said, especially like in this day and age, like I wouldn't commit to one label hardcore 100%. and yeah. try to like be more versatile. That's Things on- don't work like that anymore. No. Yeah. Especially in electronic dance music. Yeah. Especially exactly. if you're, even if it's like a subsidiary or like a sister label, like underneath Sony or Universal or Warner, like yeah. they just, the, the deadbeats and disciples and they just work differently. They, mm-hmm. there's no reason that you should have to, I would say in this stage and age, there's not enough being put on the table for you to exclusively take yourself off of it mm-hmm. to, to be aware. And, and I think now too, like you guys have always done this in your discography where you haven't been like, Oh, I'm just a, you know, I'm just a rhythm actor. I'm just a drum and bass. Yeah. actor. You guys have expanded your genre of versatility and, and so on and so forth. I think now more than ever, it is impertinent with like up and coming acts to be multiverse yeah. and, and be mm-hmm. open to, you know, learning and, and honing the craft of, you know, j- then just upstep or just tech yeah. house or just that. I feel we're honestly, we're very lucky to have very, very open-minded fans, mm-hmm. to be honest, because like, like you said, people like, it's kind of like, it's two-sided because some artists put themselves in that box and then that's what they're expected to do. Yeah. But I feel right. that the pretty early on, we've been very versatile, like, yeah, with, the, with the music that we put out, um, we started with Glitch Hop, which we honestly, we talked about that we want to bring back. Yeah, we kind of want to be cool. Um, back into that. So we did, yeah. we did, we did Glitch Hop, we did like melodic dubstep. We did house. We did At house. Yeah. yeah, we did a lot of, yeah, yeah, all over. And it was, I think it was genuine. Like we truly wanted to explore those genres yeah. and mm-hmm. find our sound. I feel like it's a must, um, even, you know? It wasn't like a kind of, let's see where we could grab the most views or, yeah. you know, or get most shows. It was really just us trying to figure out our sound. And what came out of it was really a love for all genres and kind of, uh, 
a, a need to explore every genre. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, nowadays we're a bit more focused on like I'd say drum and bass in the 170s, but uh, also like we'll we'll do like three four tracks in 172 174 and then go back to 160 150 maybe 110 I don't know 140 yeah 140 <laughs> we did that not so long ago yeah I mean you're so right though where it it's kind of how you choose to establish yourself like mm-hmm. if you're just gonna be releasing. 150f minor for the first <laughs> three years of four we have years, a few of those you know it, it's it but that's okay to sprinkle in there but yeah. then that's the the fan base you attract so if mm-hmm. you turn around and say okay well now i'm gonna do halftime or i'm gonna do base yeah, house it's it's kind of like okay well where did this come from and we didn't know you had this and and it didn't come out with any you know roll out or x y right. and z it's, it right. can be confusing to just a general consumer yeah but like you all, I look at people like Nitty Gritty. I look at people like that are just all over the board. Mm-hmm. I do feel like you curate much more understanding fan bases. And I think mm-hmm. it sometimes takes a little bit longer to get like your feet off the ground when you're not just doing one specific type of music or working with one specific label that's putting mm-hmm. you in all their freaking yeah. events. Mm-hmm. And then you're still not making any money. <laughs> uh, but once, you know, you do get established, it's cool because you kind of pick people from every circle and and have that base that Mm -hmm. grows. And that always kind of just like serves for a really fun fan community. And and I feel like you guys have really built up such a strong community over time. Um, You know, what would you attest to building that community? Would you say it's discord and Facebook groups or like fan meetups or, you know, making unique experiences for your followers? Yeah. I feel that like also we, 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 touched it a little bit um like 30 minutes ago or so um like in this day and age like the the presence on social media and how much like you're open the door for fans to see like the behind the, the scenes real of, you the, the, the real you and also the process and the hardships you're going through as an act i feel that this is this is something that can be very relatable um but like from an artist from an artist's point of view, we started 10, 10 or more years ago. Like, I would say that definitely like explore. Don't try to mock something that works. But other than that, insist on going deep down and do what you like. And, and, and don't, don't be afraid to fail as well. Yeah. That, that's, how you, that's how you get somewhere. And that's, I feel like how like we got like the sound signature that we have like we got to the point i feel that it's also in general it's very hard to have a sound signature especially in the edm and the bass yeah and like we got to the point that like you know if you go on a a thousand and one track list and you see ids like people already guessed that an unreleased song that is id is by riot yeah which is like when we saw that that was super cool to see yeah um, it's hard to see that from the driver's seat sometimes. Yes, you know? yes. Like sometimes uh, it's easier for people from the outside to see and let you know. Because I remember a lot of artists also told us that, that they instantly recognize our music. Like it was kind of shocking to hear. Yeah. 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 I think that's always, it's such a mental game because you're always kind of focusing on what can mm-hmm. we do better here? What right. can we focus on next? And you'll have so many people, whether it's friends or significant others, be like, 
know like you're actually doing yeah. it. People and are recognizing you, you and you're like, really, are they? Yeah. You're just, you're supposed to love me. So I don't know if I trust you. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to take a step outwards right. when you care so deeply about something and like have so much invested, especially in both of your circumstances where yeah. it's like, yeah. we have to do this kind of thing to take a step back and be like, okay, like we're doing it. We're okay. Like yeah. everybody take chill pill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but still there are a lot of hardships, yes. a lot of hardships, especially like in the past couple of years with all the pandemic. Oh, and yeah. I think in the pandemic, that fourth wall was really broken down when mm-hmm. you saw people doing DJ sets and Twitch streams in their bedroom, or, you know, they started doing the reels and the TikToks, And it's like, it's not just David Guetta anymore standing next to a Ferrari on top of like a fucking skyrocket building, <laughs> whatever. And, and it's like, okay, these people are actually going through stuff too, just like I am. Yeah. And we're all humans. And ever since yeah. I felt like that table kind of turned, it's okay. How can I get to know you more? Mm-hmm. How can I relate to you more? And while I do think that can become tasking because I've spoken to a ton of artists that do like having that, this is Ryan. And then this is my personal life separated. Mm -hmm. We are in a time where I feel like the more you're opening up, the more you're seeing people outwardly relate to you. Yeah, And you know, it's, it's all a mental fortitude. The two should be intertwined, I believe. Um, And we, we've been getting better at that. Actually, we started live streaming, Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we started we a Discord. We started being more I love available. Like we post more on socials. I'll tell you what, especially for us. First of all, we're not young. Mm-hmm. Let's yeah. start with this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're not young. I don't even feel young. Um, like with the TikTok, the TikTok was so hard to like yeah. get on board. So yeah, we're me. both 1990. Yeah, both of us. for me, it was like artists growing up. Like I knew them through through CD covers. Like I didn't want to know the what Kurt Cobain thinks politically, you know? Yeah. I don't want, I don't want to know who you are. I just yeah. want to hear your music. Yep. So for me, like doing the whole social media thing. Is- adapting, adapting for us specifically. Like it. It's something. But you have I, to do it. Yeah. You, you have to do it. And, and we are, like, as we go, we get better at it. But like for us specifically, not growing in this, like not growing up in this generation is, I feel that it's especially hard. But the thing is, like, it's not that we don't do it because we think, like, that that's below us or anything. It's just, like, it feels so awkward for us to do certain things that for some other artists, like, come so natural, you know? Um, But that's all right. We're working on it. I'm the same way. And it's, like, when I'm, like, really creative, the last thing I want to think about is, like, let me get out my phone and record what I just did. Like, it's, like, no, like, this is my space. I have my candles lit, my phone's in the other room, or I'm or I'm watching Netflix and I don't want to fucking stop watching yeah. Netflix and doing sound design to take this video of me when I just woke up and I've got a hoodie on. And it's like yeah. it's it's definitely it's it's definitely something that is like adaptation. I've I've talked to like even bands that kind of went through the whole CD and record to streaming era, mm-hmm. and they very much so compared now to that point in time where it's gone from like really big labels like Capitol Records and Warner Music, you know, got to make it viral on TikTok. This is how you do it. Yeah, and it's mm-hmm. a huge adaption, even for people in their mid twenties that weren't, yeah. you know, yeah. not 18, 19, 20, 21. And they're like, this is it. Like, cause like mm-hmm. my, you know, boyfriend's little sisters, you know, they're not on Instagram. They're on TikTok. They're all on TikTok. Yeah. And it's, it's just something that is part of the job. 
yeah. if you want to continue to adapt and grow. And I'm sure mm-hmm. before the end of our time and our career lifespans, something else will happen that no, we'll have to sure, adapt sure, to. Sure. But the, the downside uh, is just less time for creative creativity, yeah. right? And uh, making music um, and quality. Yes. Is what is being, it's at the expense of quality. Yeah. And as long as you make sure to keep a healthy balance of the quality and the quantity, the posts on social media. Yeah. Especially in and electronic fun. music, like yeah. you're expected to write so quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is that people don't know that writing a, like a bass, like tune, probably take 10 times more than writing a pop hit mm-hmm. that is being played all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I feel that the attention span of the fans like getting like smaller and smaller and smaller. I did I do start to see like like artists do bring up this dialogue online about like the day and age that we live in, and like some artists are so frustrated, like you said, um, that record labels demand them to like create hype in order to schedule a release. That's for me, it's like absolutely it's crazy. It's backwards. It's crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, like you said, like that's the that's the reality. We do need to adapt and grow, but adapt in a way that we do feel comfortable with. Yes, you have to be healthy. Like yeah. you have to be healthy right. about it, or it's gonna make you just in a really bad headspace, and you're not gonna be creating at all whatsoever. Yeah. Also, like, I, I don't want I don't want to sound disparaging to any up-and-coming artists out there. <laughs> if you become undeniable with your craft, your music, you can make it even without social media. Yes. I'm, I'm certain at that still. I am too. Uh, I am too. But social media helps. Social media definitely helps. I mean, it's this it's this love-hate thing, I right. think, because it right. allows everyone from every corner of the world to see you and discover you. And, you know, it's crazy when you go on Spotify and you see this country in South Africa, you know, uh, listening mm-hmm. or this this country, you know, in, ca- you know, Canada or Iceland or Switzerland yeah. or whatever, listening to your stuff. And you're like, wow, like I've never been there. That's I've never crazy. toured there. Crazy. Would never happen without the Internet. Right. Other yeah. side of it is in this day and age, attention spans are so short. I spend I can't wait until I make enough money to hire someone to make the fucking podcast clips. But the only way I bring people into the podcast is by the 10 second clips, the 15 second clips where you're talking about this. And then somebody goes, Oh wow, that's cool. Where can I listen to that? Because it's, we've turned into a point where it's gone from books to TV and films to YouTube, to vlogs, to TikToks to reels. And it's gone from Mm -hmm. days and hours to, to, half an hour to 15 mm. minutes to 10 minutes to five minutes to 15 Six. seconds. It's yeah. crazy. And you have to grab their their attention span like this. It's, yeah. it's really like a first impression every time you post. Yeah. Like what can yeah. I impression on you to be interested in me and yeah. like have a call to action to actually go and listen to my fucking song and actually yeah. go and listen to this. And, and it translates into touring. It translates into everything. And, you know, there is a direct correlation with streaming and TikTok. It's, mm-hmm. it's you listen to that, uh, the running down the hill song or whatever that was yeah. in Stranger Things, and it popped up, and now it she's made like 400, 500k off that Stranger Things popping off on TikTok with her mm-hmm. song, and it's like, it's crazy, it's cool, it's awesome, but it's also just a huge kind of like slap in the face for people who are not necessarily set in their ways. It's just like it that content creation, that form of content creation, and what we do does not go hand in hand. Yeah, it just doesn't. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't. But 
it's it's important to talk about this too because this is why I have this where like the a, a ton of listeners are you know wanting to do this in any way shape and form yeah. and these are the conversations that people have behind closed doors that they're frustrated with or things that they you know wish to improve on and and all of that stuff and I think it's just adaptation and time that will yeah. make it more regularized but you know I know you guys have been releasing are you guys working on anything exciting coming up that you can kind of tease to us before I let you guys go? Uh-huh. Yeah, well, we have, uh, I guess, a lot of stuff coming okay. up soon. Like EP, album, just single. Honestly, we, we, we actually had for the past few months very exciting things like for us. Like we so, sort of like relaunched Riot Project with a 10 years mark mm-hmm. Riot. Yep. Um, so we did like a little like documentary some sort of things that we launched um that i will recommend to watch because yeah, that link actually it. shows how the project started yeah everything what we talked about through. israel and um, it's pretty much you know, three reels of that. 60 seconds amazing so, yeah. oh my god amazing short, okay short. okay <laughs> um so we did that and then after that we we released an ep with bass rush we never worked with bass rush mm-hmm. before so yeah, it was very exciting out. for us um so that was Shang, Sharpshooter, and Back Twista. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Back Twista. Um, <laughs> yeah, we did a, a remix for Reaper. We also, like, we did, like, a little of a switch in, like, the creative music. direction yeah. okay. uh, of, of, like, the music and the art uh, that Daniel took the lead on 100%. I felt like the 150 F minor, like you said. Yeah. <laughs> um, high energy riot drops started to feel like a formula for okay. producing those. They were still fun to make, but I just felt like I was stuck in this sort of loop of making the same thing over and over. And so we just talked between us and uh, figured like a new direction that could be cool. And that that's when we came up with like the hip hop. Uh, I always really loved orchestral music and it's apparent through our albums yep. and yeah. through Dogma Resistance and everything. So we talked about bringing that together with hip hop, some of the metal elements and bass music, obviously. But yeah. then came the discussion over like the dubstep part of it, I guess. And we decided to go sort of polar opposite, like more minimal okay. spars and not so high energy. And uh, it's been working. I'm, I'm surprised. Well, people like, love that right now. Yeah. You know, the whole Lacan, deeper kind of stuff. And, yeah. you know, you guys had stated you're working on, like, more drum and bass oriented yeah. content. And it's yeah. like that, I mean, in the last year to see what has happened in the States with drum and bass is fucking yeah. insane. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Slender just dropped uh, the drum and bass tune at Red Rocks last oh, week. Oh, really? Okay. Okay. So, so, that, so that's cool. Also, shout out Slender. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Like, they're being, they're being so, like, both Slender and Nightmare and the Good Vibration family have been also so supportive. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. supportive since our early days. Um, and great people yes. in general. Really like those guys. Um, very, very good people. So, yeah, we have drum and bass um, that was teased at Red Rocks last week. So, if you heard it, that's us. They had a massive drum and bass party. At church too, brownies and lemonade. They were all last there week. Yeah, last week, yeah, right I saw that looked insane. It's good. It was that looked Kong, crazy. Uh, Seventeen eighty Delta there. heavy, Delta heavy. I yeah. think Dimension popped through. Like that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. and we also we just released the, like also the 
the show that we have today is like we're celebrating our really latest release, Buckshots, with Deadbeats. Okay. Deadbeats yes. is also a label that we wanted to work with for the longest time. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, and we just needed to hit the right tune. Uh, and Buckshots was it. Uh, and also, I think we just released it, but Zed's Dad played it at Red Rocks. July like, 3rd and 4th. The weekend? Like, uh, yes. 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 Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Months and months and months ago. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, that was... The that Deadbeats was, release calendar is literally like, yeah. we'll see you in five years. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that, that um, that's too. Shout out Harrison. Yeah, Harrison's the um, shit. Harrison's the shit. Yeah. 100%. So um, that's something that we're very excited on, like to become also a part of Deadbeats family. So also like our fans like witness that, but like, what also we did, like, you know, in the past couple of years, like, we expanded because we worked, like, with Monster Cat so much. And then, like, we started working with Good Vibration. Then we did Welcome Records. And now we did Bass Rush. And now we're doing Deadbeats. That's what you want to do, so, though. You want to spread all the marbles mm-hmm, across. Exactly, you don't want to yeah. put them in one basket because yeah. that can go, like, goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's, I mean, it's amazing. It's, it's crazy to see. I mean, you guys have always, since I would say even, like, a decade ago have released with like wonderful labels, but mm-hmm. to build over time and to really be able to be like, to hear a song and know where to pitch it and know it's going to be accepted. Mm-hmm. Like that's a power in itself and like a testament to like growth of the project. Yeah. I have one more question before you guys go. So how'd you come up with the name Riot? Tell me about, tell me oh, about the man. name. It's okay if it's a uh, really stupid story. I've heard probably stupider stories. Uh, do you remember what I, I think what I suggested before Riot? Magnum. Yeah. Magnum. You said Magnum and I said Riot, I think. It's like, it wasn't it, more than that. Yeah. Just, yeah. Going back, don't do it. Like, do, do it. your homework do before you, you choose yeah. a, this a name. This is one thing. I wish we had chosen a different name. Yeah. Like, 100%. Invented uh, a name up, right? Way better. Like, yeah. It's like, yeah. I'll be honest with you. When we came up with a name, that was 20, 2011. Right? Yeah, I mean. So in 2011, we we weren't really we heard about Virtual Riot, but not so much. We didn't even know about Riot 10 back then. Yeah, um, I don't think he was so, like on so, the board yet. And the thing is that what we thought, like with the name Riot, is we wanted like to choose a name that pretty much describe it the music, music. The, the music that we produce and the live shows that we put on. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Riot was just like such a great fit. And, that's and we thought like that's amazing, but yeah. we didn't no. think it's hard. <laughs> it's Riot's so like, hard. Yeah. It's like, like it, let's it's start so Riot. general. Like, yeah, like yeah. We, we I totally get it. We I totally young, get it. We couldn't, it. couldn't see the big picture of like how would it come up on Google? Yep. Would, you yeah. Know, yeah. We didn't think like that at all. But I feel yeah. like it does match your music a hundred percent. The metal, the dubstep, the drum and bass, the halftime. Yeah. And then yeah, like dubstep shows are a riot. Like yeah. they are. They always like, are. Like let's start a riot. So we had so many things that we can play on, but at the same time, like if I have something that I can recommend, like up and coming producer or someone who's even oh, thinking weird. about taking that path, like make something like made up something. Yep. Yeah. Like just original. Like, Especially original. In, like, the dubstep niche. Exactly. Hundred percent or spell it weird like, or do yeah. X, Y, and Z. Skrillex. You, know? you can't yeah. go wrong. No, you, like, can, you can never go wrong with yeah. um, um, Absolutely. But yeah, we we actually, we just signed a record last week um, to Good Vibration. Oh, fine. So we're coming yeah. back to Good Vibration Ooh, yeah, with this record again. Awesome. So so we're excited about that. Uh, we have some uh, more stuff coming out with Deadbeats early next some year. Collabs. 
We have some collabs that we started working. Awesome. Yeah. How exciting. Well, yeah, Tommy exciting. Daniel, thank you guys so much for coming on thank today. Thank you. That so was happy awesome. happy to learn about the Riot Project. And I want to link the documentary and everything so people can check it out after they listen awesome. to the awesome. All right. Thank you, thank you guys. Us. Yeah. Thank Bye. you for having us. Peace.